Welcome to this podcast of hope and inspiration from Sequoia Community Church in Oakland, California. Sequoia represents a multicultural, multi-generational community who seeks God's presence. We thrive on discipleship and outreach, loving God and loving people. Email, contact, and website information will be provided at the end of this podcast or by going to myscc.co. With God's word as my source of truth, I declare out loud together, God is all that he says that he is, so I am all that he says. God will do. I believe, receive, and act on all that God has for me. Hey, Marcus, why don't you come up here? God, I am so thankful for what you're doing. I'm so thankful for, for the ways in which you're working, like my Brad said, and we don't even see it. We, we don't even know certain things will be our need, and yet in, in, in two years before, in 2018, you say, well, I'm going to put this in a junk pile, and it's going to show up just when you do. I'm so grateful that you come just on time. It may not be our time, but you're on time. I thank you very so much, God, that you're present in this room, in this house, and that you're going to release something powerful. Our hearts are expecting it. What would be sideways energy or distraction? I pray that you would remove in the powerful name of Jesus and use this moment is something life-changing as only your word can be and we pray this together and everybody said amen. amen hey i i saw this thing um uh naomi rec- uh, saw this and said have you seen these things it's a posture corrector you ever seen one of these posture cor-? and i thought oh that's great you know and then i saw it on like this news feed and i said ah wouldn't this make a great illustration so i have marcus here helping me here's the deal you put this little thing on here and they're all different shapes and sizes this is the lightweight one right here right and you put it on right here right oh and you make sure that it's all straight and they got stuff for your underarms too oh buddy there you go ready and then you just yank on this and then it pulls you back isn't that cool and it's not like you can't slouch but it hurts you if you do See, and now you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta stand right, huh? There's no cheating. You, you can't take that off the rest of the service. There's no slouching for you the rest of the service, okay? Thanks, buddy. I understand that things around us are challenging. I get it. Believe you me, I'm going through challenges. And the devil likes to prey on our challenges and struggles, and he wants to create fear and doubt and hurt. And here's the thing I feel like the Lord has made so clear to me. It's his game to make us feel decay. Decay in our relationships. Decay in our finances. You know what I'm talking Decay in our health. And we find ourselves, as a result of this, just kind of getting slouched over. The weight of it is just kind of, And God's saying, you're learning how to walk in the wrong posture. I want to move against that decay, even the way you stand. I want you to move against that decay and get you to stand upright. Like we were saying before in our prayer time, the gates of hell will not prevail against the armies of the Lord. There's something inside of you that's greater than the decay that's going on around you. Do you get this? Somebody in the back of the house say amen. Amen. God's up to something powerful. So don't let the enemy steal from you the hope and the joy and the peace and the life that God wants to bring. We need to learn to live in the win. This is something my wife is talking to me about over and over again, to live in the win. Here's the win. God loves you, never changes. 
God is for you. That never changes. Here's a message inside of us of who he is and what he's depositing us that never, his value never changes when regards to you. You're always his son or daughter. It doesn't matter what you've walked through or what other people say. This is who you are in Christ. And we have this message to be able to know and follow and show and share. And Paul talks about this with his spiritual son, Timothy. In 2 Timothy 2.2. You can look there in your Bibles if you'd like to and follow along. 2 Timothy 2.2. Please, again, I just want to let you guys know, if you want to use the Bible that you have, whether it's tree or E, it's all good to me. The issue is I just want to make sure you're not distracted by other things that are happening. You ready? Thanks, babe. So Timothy is the pastor of an Ephesian church. This is the letter we're going to be studying. This is a church that Paul, the apostle, planted on his second missionary journey. And Timothy, Paul's spiritual son, is facing challenges inside and outside the church. I just want you to know, the outside challenges we know, inside the church, it's, it's still going to be challenges. Every single letter that Paul wrote in the New Testament is about challenges. So although we're redeemed and we're justified, we're still in progress. Amen? In 1 Timothy, the first letter that he wrote, he told Timothy to fight the good fight. When he comes to this letter, he's telling Timothy, he, Paul, he's fighting the good fight. But I want you to see this. Paul is modeling He's passing on to Timothy what you do in the midst of the struggles, what you do in the midst of the trials, because he wants Timothy to not only know how to walk through the struggles, but realize that his life carries legacy, that there's purpose even in overcoming the challenges. It's passing on the wind, not just living in it. It's passing on and living in the wind. So in 2 Timothy 2, starting with verse 1, Paul writes this. And you got to catch this. To us, this is like this study manual. This is a personal letter to this young man from his spiritual father. Paul says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Now, I'm going to reread it again, but I want to add some commentary to certain things to help you understand a little bit more fully what I think he's trying to communicate here, okay? So I'm going to go back to verse 1. You then, my child, so understand this is really, really personal. For him to call him his child, there's a degree of intimacy here. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's like this prayer in the midst of the letter. I'm giving you the resource, and it's not from me. It's from God himself. He's going to strengthen you by his grace. And what you have heard from me, what you have heard from me, you got to understand, this isn't just from anybody. This is a message that he's heard from his spiritual father. You've heard it from me. I told you this is who you are. 
in the presence of many witnesses, just in case you forget, just in case the struggles make it difficult for you to see, don't doubt what I have said to you. And if you do, you got witnesses that are going to help you remember. Now, entrust. And this word entrust is something that you and I have to give to others because you know they're going to care for it. I'm entrusting something valuable. It's like someone taking some precious vase, something that's delicate, something fragile, even though the message of God is not fragile. The message of God is powerful. Do you understand that? I can tell you more about why. You don't, the message of God is going to accomplish its purpose. But because it's valuable, that's what I want you to know. It's valuable. You entrust it. You give it to somebody that you know is going to care for it. You give it specifically to faithful men. And that's inclusive of women as well. You give it to faithful people. You have to have complete confidence that what you have entrusted to their care is something that you know they're going to care for. And here's specifically the direction of that care. To faithful men who will be able to teach, in other words, to set before or cause other people to know. I want you to entrust, to care for this message, and I want you to give it to people who will care for it. Faithful people who know how to teach. They know how to give what you've given them to other people who will be able to cause other people, who will be able to cause other people, who will be able to cause other people to know. Do you see it? Here's three things I want you to hold on to real quick. Here's number one. You have to know the value of the message that God has entrusted to you. Paul said, what you have heard from me. It's not just anyone. You have a message that's been deposited in you. It's not from anyone. It's from God himself. It's from his word. He's deposited something in you. Most of you in this room understand that. Most of you in this room are aware on some level that God has said, you're my kid. I've chosen you. I've appointed you. You're going to bear fruit. There's meaning and purpose behind your life. I want you to know the value that I love you and I'm for you and that doesn't change. I died for you. So the things that would try to separate us, our sin, are things that don't have to separate us anymore. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to redeem so whatever costs were involved financially, I took care of. I'm going to justify whatever legal ramifications for my wrong choices. God said, I took care of that. Whatever the space was, whatever it was that created distance for you and me, I wanted to take care of all of that. And then he comes back from the dead. He rises to new life to let you and I know that not even death itself can hold you back from the life he has from you. In the future forever, but even right now, he even gives us the power of Holy Spirit in our life to help us in any given moment. So like Mabrat, we find ourselves seeing God show up in places we didn't even know we needed to ask for. Do you see it? There's something powerful the Lord has placed in you. And if you never heard that message before, congratulations, you just heard it. God has placed inside you an extraordinary message. I don't know who your Paul might be, but I know who God is. And you wouldn't be here unless on some level he's depositing this message inside of you. So you and I have to stop underselling the power of it. 
Stop underestimating the power of what God wants to do as a result of his message inside of you. Stop comparing Jesus to lesser gods. Stop diluting the message into something that's just amongst other truths. It's my fortune cookie, it's a psychic, and it's Jesus, and they're all the same thing. It's the world that we're living in that says it's all a bunch of different paths and they all lead to the same God, even though the literature that you read from all these different belief systems not only describe their various gods in different ways, but what heaven will be like when you get there. So either God is psychotic or... There's only one God that you can really trust in the midst of it, and somebody's spouting something false. I said last week, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. There's no other way for us to find salvation, but God has given us a message whereby we can find salvation. That's the power of our message. And you may get locked up in our tolerance-thinking world that somehow you're a bigot, but instead God's saying, this person is in the middle of a train track, and so were you. But because of the truth of the message, I was able to see how you got off of that train track so you weren't obliterated. There's something powerful in truth. I'm telling you this because the world in which we're living is crazy. I'll get back to my notes in just a minute. It's crazy. We're living in a time when green can mean stop or go, and no one seems to be able to say that's crazy. The end game of where we're going is going to be entirely messed up, chaotic. It's going to lead into the, 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 the abolition of man, as C.S. Lewis would say, if we don't get this right. This is something I thought about for a long time. I've actually said it. I was talking to my daughter. I'm reading a report. This is a podcast information. In the podcast information, it says a, a male gave birth to a child through a female sperm donor. Look, you can use whatever pronoun you want to use. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But that doesn't make any sense at all. So either we're going to just say, let's just remove the whole study of biology as a science altogether, or we're going to come back to a truth that if you want to have a child, you're going to be a female. And if you're going to be a sperm donor, you need to be a male. This person is responding to the podcast. And they say, it's as if two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. And that reminded me of something else. And I'm sharing this whole thing with my daughter as my witness. There are actually studies being done where they're finding it might be difficult for teachers to put a red mark on some kid's paper. If they wrote two plus two equals three, and they put a red mark and saying it's wrong, it may be demeaning, it may be bullying, it may be something that the kid would find really um, stifling to who they are as a person. So, 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 two plus two equals whatever we want it to. Do you understand? Truth at its core is being challenged. And if I can't stand here in front of you and be able to say the word of God is truth, if I can't stand here and say you have a unique message that is not some other message you can find anywhere else, if you can't hear that here, you're not going to hear it anywhere. In the smattering of the gulf of applause, I want you to know, regardless of what any of you think, I want to be the one person, and I know I'm not the only, but I want to be one of those people to be able to say to you, if you don't get off those train tracks, it's going to kill you. 
But you have a God who has given you a message to live a life beyond your wildest imaginations there's an adventure god wants to lead you into and i'm praying that you begin to step into it you talk about this man and what he did and too few times we talk about the motivational factor as to why he wasn't just fighting for liberty because he thought it was a good idea it's because god taught him what liberty actually looks like the motivation factor behind this great guy is the powerful message of god that transforms him and is still transforming us so I need to tell you, know and hold on to the power of the message that God has placed in you. And then number two, you got to find your witnesses. Listen, there's a bunch of junk that all of us are fighting through in life. And we all know what it is to go through such incredibly difficult times that you lose your way. It gets to be a little confusing. There's a, there's a struggle somehow, some, some way inside of us. We get, we get messed up by what's happening in and around us. Do you understand? And you may have this message that you hold on to, but in the moments it's so difficult. And you need witnesses. You need people who will be able to stand with you. Like Paul set Timothy up and said, I told you in front of these witnesses. Right now you need to know that you need witnesses in your life that help you to stand for what you know God has said and spoken in and over you. You need to be in a celebration service. You need to be here on a Sunday morning. You need to be in a group. Do you understand that? This isn't like a good thing. This isn't like option if I don't have anything else to do on my weekend. There's something inside of you that says, I don't want to miss this moment because I need the witnesses in my life to continue to speak who God is and what he wants to release through me. Timothy was able to hold on to the truth that Paul gave him because he had witnesses that were there for him. So if you know God has spoken to you these truths, the question that I have to ask you is, who are the people that are going to help you in the challenges to be able to hold on to that truth? But Paul isn't even done. There's one more thing. Now he's going to talk about legacy. He told Timothy to entrust the message that he had given him. Entrust the message that witnesses heard to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is all about knowing, following, showing, and sharing Jesus. In other words, we invest what we have been given in somebody else who will invest it intentionally in other people. We have a message that changed us, and it's going to change other people forever. And God fully intends for us to entrust or share or put that into the care of other people. People who we know will be faithful or trustworthy enough to care for what we have entrusted them with. To the point that they will entrust or invest that in other people. So the question that I keep asking myself is not whether or not I'm investing in somebody else, the message God has put in me, but do I believe that person has the capacity and the desire to pass that on? Because it can't end with me. Do you understand that? You have to ask. You have to go to God and say, please, show me who the faithful person is that I can take what you have treasured in me and pass it on to somebody who I know will care for it, invest in somebody else, and they know the message well enough that they want to be able to see that person they're investing in share the message as well. We're disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That's what a disciple does. I can't do it. 
It's too hard. It's not in my emotional or personality makeup, Pastor. You got to know who God is and the value of the message. I have seen crazy people who were made crazy because somebody fell in love along the way. Quiet people. People you would never expect to hear something out of. But when they found that person that they fell in love with, they didn't care who knew. I don't show emotion, but you're holding hands. You're staying up too late at night. You're not getting any sleep because I can't get enough. I'm telling you, when you and I understand the power of the message, when we're knowing and following him, showing and sharing him becomes pretty natural. That leads me to this. James Bryan Smith says, what we truly desire, what we are most passionate about will determine how we organize, or I would say prioritize our life. Do you understand? If you know the value of the message and the witnesses around you won't let you forget it, then something inside of you is going to rise up and you're going to look for the person you can share with that will begin to share with others. And I was just thinking about it because we're in this season and some of you don't care, but some of you do. Super Bowl 16. Peyton Manning. With the Colts, is playing against Rex Grossman the Bears. In the course of the game, Peyton Manning fumbled once. Rex Grossman fumbled twice and was picked off twice. It was raining. Grossman goes to Peyton afterwards and he says, man, how are you able to hang out of that ball? Manning says, because half my time I play with a dry ball and half the time I play with one that's wet. You know, the reason, the, reason, the reason why he was successful is because he practiced. Whether it was good circumstances or bad circumstances, challenging or not challenging, I know how I'm going to pass off what it is that God has given me. Do you understand? You don't stop because of adverse circumstances. You don't stop because you may feel inhibited. You realize the value of what you've been given has so transformed your life, you cannot help but want to pass it on to the person that's around you. You need to make a choice. I need to make a choice. This year is about making a choice to be a part of a replication process. I believe that. We're not leaving who we are as a healing place. We're always going to be a healing place. But there's something that the Lord is launching in this season, even if the culture around us or the society around us is not ready for it. I believe that God has raised up his church to be ready for it. There's something you're supposed to be able to breathe and breed into the life of the people that are around you. And it's this message that God has given that they so desperately need to hear. So I'm gonna tell you three things that I need you to pray into. Are you ready? Here's number one. You need to pray that God will teach you how to live in the wind every day. Well, everyone else is being negative around me. The message hasn't changed. Who God says you are hasn't changed. He's still for you. That hasn't changed. You've got to learn to live in the wind. Oh, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray you break any kind of resistance that would happen because there's application happening in this moment. And every time, I'm just going to tell you, if you were up here with me right now, you would know there's something inside. You can feel it push back in this moment where some people, oh, application, I got to do the transformation thing. It's been information until this point in time, and now it's about what Holy Spirit wants to do to change you. Tabitha, would you come up here for me? That'd be just super duper peach key. You need to pray that God would help you to live in the wind every day. 
He loves you. He's for you. He died and rose again so you could be the best version of yourself. So that has to confront the decay that tries to come against us all the time. You have to confront the stuff that wants to diminish who God says you are and what you can do. Do you understand that? He wants to be able to say, break that in the name of Jesus so that doubt and complaining don't mark you. Tell me this. Do doubt and complaining mark your life or the power of the restorative, delivering, transforming, healing, salvation-oriented message of Christ? Is that what's at work inside you? And people see more than anything else. God wants to form his image in you. And you need to pray that his message, in fact, we do that right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will release the full impact of your message upon our life. God, you said that we put on the full armor of God. You tell us that we put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and you told us we put on these shoes that both stand in the truth and declare it. We stand in the truth. God, we put that on our feet so it's something that transforms the direction of our life, what comes out of our mouth, how we think, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Look at me. Number two, you have to actively remind yourself what God has spoken over you. You have to actively remind yourself what God has spoken over you. This is not new, but I got to keep saying it. You've got to make time in worship. You've got to make time in the word. You have to make time in prayer so God can continually inform you who you are. Because the enemy keeps trying to make you into his image. God wants to release his image over you. So you've got to realize the wolf that's going to win is the one that you feed the most. Do you understand? You've got to allow God to be able to form who he is in you and then find your witnesses. You can't just walk by the table that gives you an opportunity to develop a group of witnesses that will sustain you. You need witnesses. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. None of us operate well as an island. Stop thinking you can. In fact, I'll tell you this. You have to stop making excuses for hanging around people that are diminishing your faith. Well, I'm witnessing to them, Pastor. If you can't continue to sustain your witness, you need to be around different people until you can. Do you understand? It's about who you call friends. It's about who it is that you say help form or remind you of the image of God on your life. Do you hear me? And I write... As I say that to you right now, I realize that there are some of you right now that know the people that are attacking what you believe and contributing to the decay. Smile at me. You already know who those people are. And right now you're trying to figure out how you can keep them in your life. And God is saying, you need a sabbatical from that stuff. And you need to be able to find people who will be witnesses to what God is. There are warriors in this house. There are evangelists in this house. There are people who will breathe healing. There are people who will walk in deliverance. There are people who are going to release the power of God. And the only thing that's keeping you from seeing that in your life is believing it. Do you hear me? I speak that right now. I speak that over these people. I speak that where the harvest has been thorns or thistles, I pray, God, you will remove the thorns and thistles and you will allow a harvest to be raised up right now in their life. A harvest that will allow the message that you placed in them to be something that transforms them. I pray that in the name of Jesus. 
And listen, you need to pray. Listen, you need to pray that God will lead you to faithful people you can entrust with the hope Jesus gives. Actively. You need to go after this next one for me if you can put that up there because I want to make sure that they're able to read that. Can you throw that up there, you guys? Pray that God will push you to find a faithful person you can entrust with the hope Jesus gives. God, show us right now who are the people that you have deliberately placed around us who are faithful enough to not only care for the message but want to give it away. Right now, I pray that you would make that plain because there's something about every single person in this room every single person in this room every single person in this room that you have intentionally placed on this earth to be light and to be salt without exception until they breathe that light and somebody else becomes light until they become that savory salt in somebody else's life and they become salt I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will breathe that over us right now by the power of your Spirit, that you would launch over us this hunger and this desire not to just bathe in the message that we've been given, but help other people know how they can find the joy and the power and the authority and the peace from knowing that message as well. I pray in the name of Jesus that would happen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You received something good from the Lord this morning? Listen, I believe in you. I believe what the Lord is depositing in you. And I'm praying right now that he breaks that thing off of us that tries to hold back what God wants to release. Can you say amen? Yeah? That's good. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to be done here in a couple minutes. Listen, here it is. Listen, is there anybody in this house that doesn't know Jesus? You never knew the message or you walked away from it. And you need to know that somebody was for you. And you need to know that somebody loves you like Jesus loves you. You need to know that God cares about you. You need to know that you're a valuable child of the living God and that he appointed you and he chose you before the foundation of the world. You need to know that you're not an accident. You need to know that you're off that train track and that hill is not your destination. But these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. God wants to give you his hope and his life. And if you're here right now in this place and you say, I have prayed for you this week. I have prayed for you this week. If you do not know Jesus, now is your moment. Now is the moment to say, I want to follow him or I want to come back to him right now. I need him desperately in my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. And people are going to come around you and they're going to walk you into the beginning steps of what this relationship with Jesus looks like. Anybody here say, that's me. I want you to raise your hand. Don't hold back. Don't let somebody else steal this moment. Don't stay on the tracks. Get off. It's time to hear this message and let it transform you. Anybody in this room say, that's me. Would you raise your hand right now and let me have the chance to have some folks pray with you about walking in this relationship with Jesus. Anybody say, that's me. Okay, listen. I also want to say one more thing. Holy Spirit, just speak in this moment. Just speak in this moment. Make it plain. Make it plain. Make it plain. Make it plain, I pray in Jesus' name. If you're in this place right now and you feel like the Lord has spoken to you specifically, like you know there's a conviction on you, something inside of you has been quickened or awakened because you forgot the power of his message in your life. You've left yourself vulnerable because you got no witnesses. And somewhere along the way, 
You've forgotten that you're a person who's supposed to share their faith. If those things are things the Lord's just convicted you about in this moment, would you raise your hand? And I want to pray for you real quick. Yeah. Anybody else say that's me? Anybody else say that's me right now? Yeah. Anybody else say that's me? Okay, let me pray for you. God, there's something you're doing right now that only comes by the power of your spirit. I believe that. You took people who were locked behind a door in Acts chapter 2 and scared for their lives. And Holy Spirit, you came. And because of your presence, you empowered them with boldness. So I'm praying right now that Holy Spirit, you would come and you would transform these people. They raise their hand and say, I need to know who I am. I need people around me to help walk this out. And God, I need to share what you've given me. God, forgive us for holding back on the greatest message ever given. Let us be contagious with the truth that you've given. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone in the house said amen. pray that you have found some practical hope for your life and future in this message today. And we thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. You can find information or contact Sequoia Community Church in Oakland, California online at myscc.co. On Instagram, you can find us at SCC Oakland or search for us on Facebook.